You're listening to St. George's Episcopal Church Sermon Podcast. We are an inclusive, growing faith community located in historic downtown Fredericksburg, Virginia. Learn about us on the web at stgeorgesepiscopal.net. Please pray with me. Gracious God, put into my mouth the words you would have me to speak and put into our hearts the words you would have us to hear. In your holy name we pray. Amen. Please be seated. Joy to the world. The angel says to the shepherds, Behold, I bring you joyous news, news of great joy. The prophet Isaiah says, You, God, have multiplied the nations. You have increased its joy. The Psalms are filled with joyous language, such as, Let the heavens rejoice and the earth be glad. Then all the trees of the wood will shout for joy before the Lord when he comes. Joy, joy, joy. Catching a theme here? You remember one word from the sermon tonight. What is this joy, though, of which the angels and the prophets and the poets speak? What joy does the world receive at the birth of Jesus in a lowly manger? Tonight, we celebrate that God has come down to earth, that heaven has taken up residence in human flesh. The divine has entered the world as an infant, born of a mortal mother's body. And the joy that the whole creation receives, the people and the earth and the trees of the wood, everything, the joy that we all receive is none other than God's joy, divine joy. God has given us the gift of heavenly joy. And now, heaven and nature sing, and heaven and nature sing together. Christmas reminds us that the world has been given the joy of God. And our response is to rejoice. But how? By coming to church offering our prayers and our music, singing carols, giving gifts. Yes, yes, yes. But when the trappings of Christmas are put away, what does rejoicing look like? How are we to live as a result of the birth of Christ? There's an Episcopal priest and writer, his name is Michael Battle. He's going to be with us in February for our Lent weekend. He writes in his latest book that when God inhabited human flesh, heaven came to live on earth. An earthly body became a container for heaven. And that means, that means that we are free to practice heaven on earth. To practice heaven in these bodies in which we live. Practicing heaven is an exciting possibility. It means 
looking at everything as a container of that divine joy. Everything. Everything. As the hymn, Joy to the World again, as it says, Fields and floods, rocks, hills, and plains, repeat the sounding joy. Everything. Women, men, young, old, neighbors, strangers. When we practice heaven, everything and everyone can be a container for joy. And God reveals this to us in the birth of Christ. God sees a mother's womb as a place for joy to grow. God sees a baby's body as a place for joy to cry. And then God sees the relationship between mother and child as a place for joy to abound. But the joy doesn't stop there. No, it, God entered the human form to be an intimate relationship with all creation. As Jesus breathed the air and drank the water and walked the earth, ate the fruits of creation, was even crucified on the wood of the cross and was placed in a stone cave by being born, living, dying, and rising again in a body on earth. God brings joy into the relationships between all things. All things. And that means we are now free. We are now free to practice heaven together on earth with great joy. Of course, we often fall short of this joy. Yes? So often we distort and twist relationships so that they are not joyful, but they are more about controlling and holding power over others. We hurt each other. We hurt God's creation. We don't honor one another as containers of joy. Imagine what it would be like if we looked at everyone as a container of joy. But we have trouble with that. And so instead of looking for the joy in one another, we often look at one another with suspicion, distrust, and we fail to see one another, really see one another. And how many of us are just plowing through life because we're so busy, we can't even pay attention to our own bodies, our own selves. Maybe we're afraid of what we might find if we stopped to listen to our hearts. So we fall short. But this is why Jesus comes to be with us. This is why Jesus takes on human flesh, so that we don't have to be stuck in our blindness, in our aloneness forever. Jesus was born because we fall short, but through Christ we have this promise of practicing heaven on earth. So what does this look like? Well, I'd like to tell a story about a family that has taught me a lot about what it means to practice heaven and to see joy in every one. Alex and Liz James and their sons Will and Matt live in Greensboro, North Carolina, which is my hometown. And uh, they're members of my, the church where I grew up, and that's how I got to know them. So when they first met, Alex and Liz were kind of the picture of the successful couple. 
Alex was a basketball star and a Harvard graduate. He was working for IBM. Liz was an up-and-coming businesswoman. They were they, from a prosperous Greensboro family. And then a few years after they were married, they had twin boys, beautiful twin boys, Will and Matt. And everything just looked like the picture of perfection. But then Liz's health began to change. And not long after the boys were born, she was diagnosed with multiple sclerosis, a disease that would rob her of her abilities and eventually her life. The boys grew, and about age three, they were diagnosed with muscular dystrophy. And one of the boys, Matt, was diagnosed with autism. This couple that seemed to have been living the dream within a few years seemed to be living a nightmare, but it wasn't so. It wasn't so. Alex left his job at IBM, went back to school to learn how to be a caregiver for his wife and children. And there was a community of people that formed, that started supporting this family. They would bring them meals, they would come and be with them, they would take the boys out and do things with them. And this group of people to this day continues to support and gather around this family. And somehow, in the midst of suffering, joy abounded. These friends have found deep and abiding joy in being with people whose life from the outside would seem to be falling apart. Joy overcame suffering. I remember Liz, as she would get weaker, she would, she would come to church and she would walk down with her walker to the front pew. Now, Liz was raised Episcopalian. She was raised from a proper family, and they, so likely they didn't sit in the front pew. Because that's, you know, no, no offense to y'all in the front pew, but, you know, most Episcopalians avoid the front pew if they, they can possibly can. But Liz had to sit in the front pew so she could get up to communion. And she would lay down in the front pew. And she brought pillows to church in this kind of, you know, kind of, I wouldn't say uptight, but a little, you know, formal Episcopal church there in Greensboro. And then the preacher would be preaching and you'd hear Liz say, Amen! This proper Greensboro, well-bred person all of a sudden starts shouting out in church as her health declined, her heart opened, and joy abounded in the most amazing ways. Even the most stodgy members of that church had to smile. Had to smile. Most everyone who comes into contact with Alex and Liz and Will and Matt finds a holy joy. And these boys were only expected to live into their teens. They're now 26 years old. And they continue to live this life joyfully, even as their life is very difficult day by day. My father used to have breakfast with Alex and the boys once a week. They had, and a few other men, they'd formed a covenant group and my dad would come home and say, you know, Alex, he's a saint. And it's true. He's a saint. He's, he's holy because he's discovered the holy joy of God in the midst of suffering. And these friends that 
surround the James family, and some of them have been at it for over 25 years. It is a way of life for them now. They've given themselves a name. And you know what they call themselves, these friends that gather around them? They call themselves the Joy Friends. The Joy Friends. And you'll see bumper stickers on cars in Greensboro say, Joy Friends. I'm a Joy Friend with the James family. Joy Friends. What is practicing heaven look like? What does heaven on earth look like? It looks like being joy friends. Joy friends with Christ. Just as Mary and Joseph and the shepherds and the animals were all joy friends on that holy Christmas night. Joy friends with each other. Divine joy. You know, we can't keep it to ourselves. It has to be shared. And if it's not shared, it's not real joy. Joy, friends, with each other, with strangers. Joy, friends, with all creation. I love the fact that we have an organization in Fredericksburg called Friends of the Rappahannock. Those are some joy, friends. Joy, friends, finding beauty, finding joy in everything and everyone We joy friends can live as though our neighbor's story, our neighbor's happiness is just as important as our own. Joy friends live so that the I becomes a we and the we becomes large enough to include them. And none of us can be replaced. Joy friends, practice heaven on earth. And it doesn't have to look extraordinary. Most often it looks pretty ordinary. As Alex James says, we just live our lives and somehow there's plenty of room for joy. Joy has come to the world, joy friends. The Lord has come. Let earth receive the joy of God in Christ. Repeat the sounding joy. Repeat the sounding joy. And through our joy, friendship, let heaven and nature sing, and heaven and nature sing, and heaven.